Hello, and welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is Aaron, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Why are you laughing? That was my least <laughs> awkward intro so far. You could tell, like, I know they can't see your face, but that looks so uncomfortable for you. You're like, Ugh. well, because it is, and I also have to focus on both the intro and on the music. Oh man, uh, I'm Colby. Uh oh, sorry. Ding. No, ding. I forgot to do not disturb. They can't hear that, but we can. There was just a ding. Anyway, anyway, I'm Colby. Find me on Twitter at Colby Complaints. All one word. My name is uh, Covered in Pollen, and you can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. I'm also Covered in Pollen. My name is Maverick, though, by the way. You can find me at Heartbreak2 underscore Kid. Uh, we still have merch that you can buy on Redbubble. Buy our sticker. Put it on stuff. It sticks to things very well. We're a Fortune 1 company. <laughs> a Fortune 1 company. Uh, also, we are not a scandal podcast. <laughs> that is not happening we are not fake news we probably could be if we wanted to <laughs> unless you really want us to i could catch up on the past maybe in the off season we, we'll, we'll... we could hire sinclair they could get a nice message for us going have y'all do y'all watch scandal no actively i've watched no, it, no i haven't watched it actively but i i, I can watch the last season i haven't watched like till past two two and a half i haven't watched any of it I gave up after they kidnapped Olivia. I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I remember that. I really Spoiler can't do this if anymore. You have any of y'all watched uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? I have I not. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's the greatest anime of all time. Do it. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. It's worth it. I just rewatched it all the way through, and I, I feel dead inside again because it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking you on the group. I, I'm watching 13 Reasons Why. I just finished it. That's right. You said season two was coming out soon, right? Yeah, apparently. I think it was an April Fool's joke that season two was going to come Apparently. out last weekend. But uh, so uh, my roommate was telling me that I should watch it because I hadn't watched it yet. So I did. And it's a lot. But it's... Have any of y'all watched Nailed It on Netflix? I've heard yes, people Nailed talk it about it. Nailed It is incredible. I think I've heard you talk about That's it. That's right. Yeah. Did, yeah, you did talk about it. It's fantastic. It's really good. <laughs> when is Big Mouth coming back? It's supposed to come back this year. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to be in like late 2018 because it already got renewed and production already started. Yeah. So. I'm, my body show. is so ready for <laughs> season two. I just need more John Mulaney. If not that, his new stand-up, whenever that's going to hit Netflix. He's yeah. so, dude. If it's anything, like I saw him in, when he went to when he came to Deepak, and he is, it's probably one. It's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. Like it's so good. <laughs> like I cannot wait for it to come onto Netflix. <laughs> All right, you ready to jump into some sports, some sportsy sports, some sport ball? All right, so. We have had a Final Four and a new champion crowned in college basketball. And who would that be? Our reign has ended, and (laughs) the Wildcats of Villanova are the new national champions. Uh, Really just destroying everyone in their path. I saw Clay Travis tweet that this is the most dominant uh, tournament run he saw in his lifetime. Apparently... Clay Travis is nine years old because he apparently missed 2009 UNC squad beating everyone by 20 or averaging a, a, a an it's their average margin of, of a victory was 20 I yeah. believe something that, around that that team was ridiculous but so is this Villanova team oh yeah they're very very good um so let's back up to the final four um Loyola Chicago got some lemon booty against yeah. Michigan <laughs> the reign of sister Jean ended. That yeah. just that whole side of the bracket was just 
like just they just beat up on each other and then just like two people were just like ah i'm left <laughs> and it was loyal chicago and michigan <laughs> yeah i i really think loyal chicago was good enough to beat um michigan they were just uh, too undersized and it, and it showed really quick because mo wagner had a day against them oh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely dominated that was their first time that's the first time they saw size that could also move yes and that proved to be a problem and Sister Jean left early. People got on to her for it. Come on, she's old. <laughs> and that Give wasn't her, her choice to leave early. It wasn't like she was like, I'm out. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was. She's like, I, I, it's time for me to go pray over this. This is over. Roll me out, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible person. I feel I felt called out when Bomani Jones tweeted that uh, shame on y'all for putting Sister Jean crying Jordan in your group meets but not wanting to put it on a timeline <laughs> because you literally when I just... literally had just put Sister Jean in our group me and not on, the, not on Twitter you knew what you were doing oh man but Loyola Chicago their defense was very interesting to watch they, I thought we were bad at or did helping at defense like a lot they like, help on every single yeah. drive, mm-hmm. and I, it's really surprising they don't have they didn't have threes like rain down on them like the entire. Well, it's because they're not the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's just us that everyone hits everything against, Except, unless you're you know, um, unless you're Kansas because yeah. apparently that applies yeah. to Kansas too. How many threes did it end up being? <laughs> Because I, I know they set the record, but it was 18 at halftime. I, I forgot, <laughs> forgot to turn, to turn off, off the, the timer, timer from, from the last, last time. It's been 10 days since we last recorded. It's been 84 <laughs> years. So it's just like 236 hours. I saw that. I was like, oh, what? Oh, let me, let me reset. No. They hit eight, time. Villanova hit 18 threes and a half yep. and tied the record in a half. Yeah. Like, how, what was the total they hit? No, I, they hit 13 and a half and 18 for the game. Did, yeah. I thought they broke the record. They broke eight, the record in the first half. I think the record was 12. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, so yeah. it was some ridiculous amount. Still, though, that ungodly amount of threes. Yeah, moving on to the Villanova-Kansas game. Like, there, I almost wish Duke would have beat Kansas. <laughs> just, <'cause> I, just, <laughs> just to see Duke get that Duke. many threes get hit on him, I thought the exact same thing. Well, I think, uh, yeah, it's, I, like, I don't think it mattered who be, who went up against Villanova. I think they would have beat anybody that, that came up against yeah. them. For sure. For sure. It was – they were not going to be denied this tournament. And it's funny because, like, I thought, like, Mikhail Bridges and Jalen Brunson were going to be the two guys that went off. And it ended up being like like White Spellman, Dante. like White Dante, Dante. and Chris <laughs> Spellman. Like, but no, didn't J- Jalen sat like the seven of the last ten minutes of the game? Yeah, the senior leader of the team sits the last few minutes of the national championship game, his last college basketball game, mm-hmm. and he didn't have to play. I think that speaks to what Villanova was as a team this year. Yeah, I think they put him back in for a couple minutes and took him out so he could get his stand and go. And yep, yeah, but. It's just, it, it's it's really crazy. Like, I mean, we'll talk about this later, like later on in the subject. But like, this little run that they're going on is is ridiculous. And also, uh, Divincenzo. Like, I keep forgetting that he's not uh, Archidiacono from two years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot his first name. But Ryan it was like Ryan Archidiacono. Yeah, or Ryan something. Archidiacono. 
but I was reminded he was on the 2016 team. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know that. Well, because he was. I think I read something that said that he was injured. Like it was his red shirt yeah. year. I think. Now I can't like him. <laughs> <laughs> He's already disgraced to the gingers. And Brunson okay. Brunson was also on the yeah Jalen Brunson was on the team. Thirty one points off the bench. That's it's in the incredible. National their, championship. Their starting lineup. Michigan held them to what is this twenty one. <laughs> Uh, 29, 38, 44 points. Like, Michigan did what they were supposed to. It's just that Dante DiVincenzo had the best game of his life. It's all these Italian names. The Italians. But actually, I'm doing the hand gesture for those of you that can't see me right now. I mean, Mo Wagner was eating that first half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. the, Michigan came out with some fight at the beginning of the game, but then... You knew once those three started to fall, it was... It was going to be a wrap. Yeah, like they couldn't hit any. Like Villanova couldn't hit anything at the half, like in the first half, and they were still up like eight, nine, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like you knew at that point it was going to get ugly. But going um, back to what y'all did, like drawing those parallels to Ryan Archidiakono, because Steven Chinzo hit so many threes that were so contested, mm-hmm. and I remember that in 2016, I, I specifically remember one three where Archidiakono was heavily covered, and it and it nothing but net, like beautiful shot. I, and I remember just holding my face. I was like. Oh it's one of these we, games, yeah. 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 He was unconscious. It was ridiculous. Not only that, he was driving down the lane and throwing it down with two hands with their um with their within the lane, just throwing it down on people. Pause. We have someone that reserved the room, so we're gonna pause. <laughs> Alright, we're back. Start talking. Um so yeah. Villanova. Did you Steven Chinzo. Yeah, yeah. No, but did you see him when he, he went up and blocked? Uh, he pinned somebody off the backboard. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a goaltend. Yes. But then you texted me right. later. Okay. So I, I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Did y'all see the one block that he had where it like, hit the I backboard? I saw it after the fact. I didn't watch the game. I, I was studying in the I library. I didn't watch the game. So I couldn't. They The ball hit the backboard, and then he blocked it off the backboard. Yeah. Which is normally a goaltend, but because the ball was below the cylinder when it hit the backboard, Uh it's not a goaltend. And a lot of people were wondering about that. Me, I, as well, was wondering about that. But in the rule book, if if it hits below the rim, it's not a goaltend. The The more more you know. know. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that while Villanova did play incredible – what ki- what killed Michigan was the same thing that vi- killed Villan or er, that killed Loyola was that they couldn't shoot threes. Michigan was three of twenty three from behind the arc. That'll do it. Yeah, that that'll do it. And if they made hey, we were like five four. more threes, then it's a two point game. We were four of twenty seven and one. So and that it happens. Yeah, yeah, we were four of twenty seven and we won, but the other team wasn't ten of twenty seven. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because Michigan didn't have to play a, a one, two, three, four, five, or or no, sorry, they were a three, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have to play a one, two, four, five seed. Yeah, which is kind of ridiculous. Very interesting. But last, Villanova wins the championship, seventy-nine to sixty-two, and of course, whenever in, whenever anybody wins a championship, the blue blood conversation comes up. It's the most annoying thing in sports, anyway. Is Villanova a blue blood. So, for reference, they have their one championship that they won back in 83? 85. 85. 85. Sorry. Uh, 85, and then they have the one in 2016, and then they have the one this past year. So, they have a total of three championships. 
Um, how long has Jay Wright been? Since oh, early two thousands. Early two thousands. So he's been there a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I don't think they're a blue blood. I think they're now in the upper echelon of teams. Like they're of a new programs. Blood. Yeah, they're upper echelon of programs. That's a good way to point it. New blood. Like, I think Colby said it best when we were talking about this in the group me. Like, I think the sustained success is what measures a blue blood. And I don't think anyone has had as much sustained success as UNC, Duke, uh, Kentucky, Kansas, Kansas, and wait, UCLA. UCLA, yeah. UCLA. I would say Indiana was a blue blood, but they are falling to a step below because in the past 25 years or 20 years, they've made one Elite Eight. Yeah, I would say so then, yeah. I think UCLA gets grandfathered in just because they I were agree, because so there's dominant. never going to be a stretch where a team is as dominant as UCLA was. In they men's won basketball. in men's, men's basketball, men's yeah. Basketball. They won. 11 titles in what like they won 10 titles in like 10 in like 12 years right from 64 to 75 yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean you can't really you can't that. you can't be that good and not be considered a blue blood i i think they have to be i mean at the very least they're the tier below if i mean with three championships now because there's a lot a lot of these teams that we consider on the cusp have three championships, or I think UConn's the only one that has more. They have four. Yeah, they have four. But that we have like Louisville, uh, Kansas has Kansas three, has right? three. But Kansas, and that's but one Kansas, thing Kansas is a blue blood. Yeah, well, so but Kansas Louisville averages three. Three. Kansas quote, only has three titles, but they also in the past like fifty years averaged twenty nine wins a year, mm. and they make it to multiple Final Fours. And yeah, Villanova. Yes, they now have three championships, but they went 25 years without a Final Four. They're not in the top 20 of all-time wins. They're number 10 in all-time winning percentage by .1 or .01. And I don't know. I think that they're too new money. They haven't had sustained success for long enough to be a blue blood. If they win another one or two championships in the next 10, 15 years, then I think that they could be in the conversation but right now, I think they're a low tier two, high tier three team. They're similar to Michigan State, UConn, Florida, Louisville. Those teams. I can agree with that. I, I think Michigan State because mm. they what they have one. They have two. They have two. two. They have two. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy nine and two thousand. Seventy nine. Yeah. Magic beating Bird. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy that because like you think of Izzo and you think of March. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna say you, but like people. The Royal you. The, yeah. People generally tend to think of of March and Izzo, and it's like he has one championship. And when, when you got, I guess we can move on to the coaching aspect of this because like people are now saying that Jay Wright is, is the best. Jay Wright, the best, the best coach. Yes, maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> is Jay Wright the best coach in, in in college basketball right now? And I would say, did Coach K and, and Roy Williams die? <laughs> Where do I dig? Oh, I hate being Stu Gotts, but do it again. <laughs> But actually, like, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, so Jay Wright has two championships now, mm-hmm. which is no small feat because now he has more than what Izzo, uh, technically Patino, right? Technically, he, he, yeah. Um, Bill Self, Bill Self, um, Bayheim, Cal, Cal, um, like top tier guy, like 
of when you think of these this this group of coaches, you think of top tier programs. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. <laughs> well, I mean, he <laughs> he had the same amount <laughs> anyway. Um, but now, like you know, I I I tend to agree that like, he's probably top five now with two championships. I yeah, have no problem. I would I would easily say that he's in the top tier of active coaches. But, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna I don't go. think it's realistic to say that he's, he's the best one. active coach when you have Rory, multiple active coaches who are in the top ten coaches of all time. Not to sound like I hate like not to I don't I hate to sound biased, but like not to sound biased, but Roy Williams just came, we just came off a championship year, like a year ago, he won a championship. What happened? Third in fifteen years. <laughs> three, three championships. Like because that's what's indicative of what a, tr- a blue blood really is. Is again that sustained success? Like I think we were even, and so I guess now I understand what y'all are saying because I think we were even a blue blood in the early '90s, even with only two championships. Yeah, because year after year, like our final four appearances, like constant dominant runs in the NCAA tournament. We didn't have the t- the hardware until uh, more recently, I guess, building up our championships in the 2000s. Which is why I feel comfortable putting Kansas in the conversation yeah. of yes. a blue blood. Well, I, I think they firmly are blue blood. Yeah, know? just because again, it's just one of the perennial teams. But and not, uh, not to get on my soapbox, but I mean, we should have seven because twenty twelve was totally our year. If it wasn't for uh, darn you, Dougie Creighton, <laughs> go Mavs. Dougie's on the Mavs now. He's yeah. doing pretty well for us. Whatever. But no, Jay Wright. I mean, it, it, when you have two national championships, especially two and three years, you, you command like a top uh, spot in the coaching world. But again, it's Coach K and Roy Williams, and I would put Jay right right there at number three at this point. Because uh, he, also, he's just a very respectable coach. Like he dresses sharp as mess. No, he, <laughs> he's he, like he, a good dresser. He, he's one of the members of the NCAA Mafia, or how we the ACC Mafia is how we had it. But he's got. I like pinstripe. That's the mafioso look. I like that he comes in wearing. Like he walks into the stadium with his um clothes on the dry cleaner <laughs> the dry cleaner yep. um bags on it. It's amazing. So now that he's won a championship or now he's won his second championship, he's proven that he's he's had success at this level. Do you think that he takes the opportunity to go to the next level? Like, I'm sure he's getting some NBA coaching offers. Do you think he should? There's one question. I mean, do you think he would? He's running an NBA offense right now with on Villanova. Like the way that they play is an outside mm-hmm. kill him with threes offense. And that I mean that is the NBA landscape nowadays. Did you see him go? He he said he told his team to slow down, and they shot a three with twenty seconds, twenty seven seconds left on the shot clock. <laughs> he said slow down, and they shot a three. And that. Like on first take yesterday in the Will Kane show, they were discussing this about and, then, and going back to the coaching conversation. You have your recruiters, then you have your developers, and the really top echelon are the people that can do both. And that's your K's, that's your Roy Williams. That's no, well, actually, we'll see about K now because but his top recruiter now, is gone. <laughs> still, in the past, before the one and done era, he was one of the best developer right. players. Yes. So yeah. at one point, he had that, yeah. and so that's what they're getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're looking at. Another coach who used to be in the conversation was Brad Stevens from Butler, right, yeah. who is now in the Boston Celtics and who is running a very successful Boston Celtics team. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying that it's definitely a system that works. Someone who's like running a system like 
both Jay Wright and uh, Brad Stevens are in taking it to the NBA. And I think that's why Jay Wright could potentially end a job because – and I think he would need to work with a very young team where he can introduce his system to a young team of people that can accept it and then build it up. 76ers? The Kings. I mean, I don't think you you take away uh, – I forgot their head coach's name. Uh, oh, good Lord. Uh, it's not Sam Hinkie. No. Oh, no. no. He was the GM. No, he's the GM. Uh, but he's he's – he started the process, as mm-hmm. they call it. And so I feel like I see Brett Brown. Their coach is Brett Brown. Brett Brown, that's it. Um, and they're saying, though, that there's also the reason why he would not leave Villanova because he has been there for so long, and he was there for when they were not a dominant team. And now that they are, it's sort of, as Will Kane put it, as seeing it through and forming, quote-unquote, a dynasty at Villanova. I mean, I could see it both ways, but I think he could be successful in the NBA. Well, now you have that question of whether you can sustain – because, like, Villanova, like, I don't know what the recruiting landscape is going to look like now with with them just coming off a championship, but uh, you know they're not exactly a, a, a like I want to say big market because it's not a market, but like are they one of those teams that that recruits are now going to be like who like I'm really going to consider well, Villanova now like I believe Jalen Brunson was the only McDonald's All American on that team. Am I correct? Uh, is Mikael Bridges or no? I don't. He may or may not be. I feel, that's the only one that I can. I remember someone saying that I think that Jalen Brunson was the only McDonald's All-American because there was only three in the final four. And I don't know what their recruiting, yeah. I don't know what their recruiting well, class looks like ne- coming in now. But. Next year they are getting a guard to replace Jalen Brunson, who was in the McDonald's All-American game this year, Javon Quinterly. Well, you have to replace Jalen Brunson. You have to be able to replace uh, Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. yeah, You have to be able to replace – I. this was is my personal – Phil Booth? Something <sighs> Booth. He's a senior. John Wilkes. <laughs> <laughs> Hard eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> you have to find somebody to replace. Uh, I'm, I'm of the the mindset that uh, Divincenzo should leave for the draft because I think his stock is extremely high right now, uh, coming off of just a ridiculous postseason run. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think he'll come back, but I think he should go. Is what I'm saying, and that's coming from somebody who has no like, I have no uh, skin in the game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've already projected them what they have the second highest odds to win even next year behind third. Duke. I think it was third because Kansas. Kansas is up there. Yeah, um, they're going to be very stacked if they're because I think everybody uh, that can stay is for them, and they're going to be very dominant if they do. Come on, Kansas. Because I, I think Malik Newman is staying as of now. Mm-hmm. Udoka is staying. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeGerald is staying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikhailu. Mikhailu probably staying, and they have a lot of people coming. They have. No, um, Mikhail Luke is a senior. Is a senior? Okay. Yeah. Oh, he is? They have Devin Dotson coming in from Raleigh, I believe. Um, I think they have another forward coming. So they're going to be very good. But, I mean, I think next – I think, again, not us being slave mode. They Villanova has won two championships in the last three years. But I hate to say it, it's like next year, then we can really have the conversations. But it's that sustained success is what's going to make you – a blue blood. Something also that I saw, I was reading about yesterday and that I remembered when you were talking about recruiting is that the national brand is also a big part of being a blue blood. And Villanova is like obviously in Philadelphia, they're the team, but they're not a national brand like Carolina and Duke and UCLA and Kansas and Kentucky where all five of those schools are flagships for their respective brands that they represent. 
and like anything Jordan is yeah. Carolina, anything Nike is Duke or it's UCLA. Like I would that's why I would argue is that I think championships have more weight in this conversation than others because they ha- they are the brands because they are the champions. UCLA, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. And so that's why I would put a little more weight to having three championships as to why they're more likely to be a blue blood nowadays. UCLA is Adidas. I apologize. I was about to say that, but you 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 know my point though. Yeah. Currently, the uh, Villanova has next year next year's recruiting class coming in is ranked number twelve or number twelve number twelve in the nation, which is, you know, but like I said, they've they've won two national championships in the last three years with those kind of recruiting clubs. Yeah. They have not been high classes where mm-hmm. he has not been getting McDonald's All Americans and five stars. He's been re- developing lower class talent that are like on the cusp. Did y'all watch any of the women's final four? I did. I watched the shot. I was in B dubs. I saw both of the shots. Yeah, I was watching both of the Notre Dame games. I missed the um the first final four game that went into overtime. I but, missed that one too. Um I catch the Notre Dame Connecticut game in I was in D C and I missed the yeah, I also missed the first game, but I ended up catching the second half of the Yukon game. And then I also ended up catching the second half of the um Mississippi Notre State. Dame Mississippi State game. Yeah. yeah. The women's final four was high. It was better, so man. much better. <laughs> the oh, it was so no, much they better. They said that this, the, the men's national championship was the lowest rated national championship in history, which is yeah. unbelievable. I mean, it makes sense because Michigan is technically, quote unquote, a football school. Yeah. And Villanova, while it does have a big following in, in Philly, obviously, it's not exactly the national brand. People like that know college basketball know Villanova, but like casual fans don't care about Villanova. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the women's like absolutely like in terms of you know entertainment, like how it, the endings of them, the the story, like the Goliath going down once again. Mm-hmm. Like they've got two years in a row, they've gone down. Yeah, to buzzer beaters. I I hate comparing the men's and women's games just because like they are so so different. Like they're almost. I mean, they are. They're different sports, but. It's hard not to ignore the women's um, games being so much more entertaining than the men's. Do you think that men should adopt the quarters? Yes. And I think so as well. I also think you should be able to advance the ball, advance the ball no, past half court. No, no, what? Yeah. No, that's so stupid. Why would you want to do that? Because it makes it more fun. That's You're rewarding taking a timeout. It makes it more fun. Hey, Roy might take a timeout. I think (laughs) you want Roy to take more timeouts. I like that you don't get to advance the ball in college because I think that it's you have to work to advance the ball up that far. If a team has a good press, then you got to deal with it. But it makes it more exciting. There's more scoring. It makes it more fun to watch. I would say though that it would make a press almost obsolete by taking timeouts, where they could ice any kind of press. I like the quarters idea. I do like quarters because you still only have four timeouts, though. I think that's fine. Still, like taking only four for even both. Like you're saying, four over two quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still think or that four would be, over because there would quarters. still be. I guess it's one media timeout mm-hmm. in the middle, and then the break for quarters. I, I honestly think that'd be fine, and I, I feel like it made it made the games flow even smoothly, even mm-hmm. despite being four quarters rather than two halves. I also think they need to push to a three-point line back. In men's? Uh, yeah. Oh. If all these 
kids are going to start just flinging them nowadays. You know, maybe so. Well, that might be the answer to. I don't know about the answer, but like if you, the more that you move the college game towards the NBA game, the better, in my opinion. It's going to make it flow better. Like <laughs> you're going to have more scoring, more offense. It's also going to really hurt teams like Virginia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's that actually really, wait, are are spread talking, out. Are you yeah. talking about the three point line or widening the lane? I mean both. But what were we specifically? Talking I was specifically about? talking about the three point line. But I was watching the. I, I actually watched some NIT games, and mm-hmm. like that spacing with the widen, it's massive. Like there is so much space, and that gives people that work in ISO, like people that work in ISO situations, like imagine Theo, working on, in the lane where it's just this much wide. Like you have so much more space to work with. It's mm-hmm. that space line defense. But at the same token, the you're, <laughs> but at the same token, that could also affect like how they play defense. Like it's going to affect. Uh, I like. I'm wondering. Like at that point, I think Roy Williams' like philosophy on defense might be better than at that point. If they're gonna if they're gonna move out the three point line and widen the lane, I think that Roy Williams would probably work because you're gonna force him to shoot from farther out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't I, th- I think the inner like it was the international line. Yeah. During the NIT, and I think that's far enough for the college game. Yeah, I think kids these days shoot from further out than. I mean, you have this generation of kids that are now learning to shoot from three from a young age. Like it's not just okay layups, okay mid range, okay three. It's like some kids are starting out with three. <laughs> okay, so this is straying way away from what we were planning on talking about. But did y'all hear about how a lot of youth leagues? are not having a three-point line until kids yeah. turn, like, 13. Yeah. I have not heard about that. It's just supposed to encourage them taking mid-range shots and developing fundamental, like, qualities. I, I don't think know that's about a my, great idea. I, I agree with it, but also I don't know what I think about encouraging the mid-range shot because that's been statistically proven over and over again to be the most the most inefficient shot in basketball. Yeah, but 12-year-olds can't shoot threes with good form. It so you back. want them to go one step in, or make sh- teach them how to shoot from a distance that's appropriate for them, and then when they get older, when they get stronger, they'll still have that form and be able to shoot threes yeah. better. That's or, fair. I hate to attack, but like Lamella Ball per se, because yeah, kid's shot form is horrible, but that he had. Because of the pressure nowadays to develop a three-point shot. He's been shooting start. threes his whole life. And so that's what your form looks like when you've been shooting threes your entire life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My form looks terrible when I'm shooting from far out because I've been shooting th- <laughs> I've started shooting threes probably way too early than I should have. And if you, and if you keep the line and just ask coaches to make uh, game plans where they take short shots, they're not going to do that because they know – Inherently, that these kids have to have three point shots to be competitive in recruiting. And I think you know if you have if like if you can build upon a solid mid range game, like like people like Demar Derozan are still making a living in the in in the NBA. He's he, I he, hate this game so much. But he feasts on the mid range. <laughs> like he he feasts on the mid range, and like those kind of like mid range slashing guards, like you can make a lot of like. You can make a good living out of that. Marcus Aldridge. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, if, if you're taking, like, those shots, like, where you're a step in from the three-point line, that's probably the most inefficient shot, like, you could yeah. possibly. Like, if, you if, look you're, at if, heat, you're, if you look at heat maps for any NBA player, that's the coldest spot on Exactly. The if you're, you're going to be out there, if you might as well take Dirk. a three. Like, that's why, like, when, like, not to call out Joe Barry, but, like, when he would step in one step from the, three, from the three-point line and take a shot from mid-range, like, that was probably my least favorite shot that he probably ever, he usually makes them, too. 
but it's probably my least favorite shot because you feel like it's so inefficient. Yeah, inefficient. Mm -hmm. It is. It's too far for a two. The point per weighted shot is lower. Yeah. So if you can work in like that, I'm really bad with distances, but like, like just outside the paint, like like that area, like the 16 foot. Yeah, like those 16 foot jumpers. Yeah, I think that's fair. The only, in addition to just I hate the mid range shot. The only other thing that I'm thinking about with this with that is that when you have youth leagues you have kids hit their growth spurts at very different times during their youth and so you have the giants in fourth grade and you also have the kids who are two feet tall and so it's hard for the two feet tall kids to develop an inside game granted they can't shoot with correct form I'd rather so I, I, I don't really know if there's a right answer i'd rather them form the fundamentals and then start working their way back but that's just me. Anyway, we got to move on. So do you think that they should take out free throws as well or move the line up in those youth leagues? I feel like 15 feet is fine. I mean, there are some leagues that when they're like eight years old, they'll move it like three feet forward. So it's a 12-foot shot instead of a 15-foot shot. Also lower the basket. Yeah. I do think that the basket height is part of the issue because like, there are those kids at all of the – Home, our home games, the ball boys who shoot around, and there's that one kid who the ball is like as big as he is, but and he has to him. like look. Well, he has to look straight up to shoot the ball because <laughs> the hoop is so high it's for him. St- and still, can yeah. he's like three feet tall, so the hoop's more than three times as tall as he is. And he drains those threes. We need to move on. Sorry, but like, <laughs> can we talk about one more thing? Sure, one more thing. Did y'all see the way too early top twenty-five? Already, has- it's so stupid, but I also love it. <laughs> I also love it. Like I think it's the the dumbest thing ever, but I also love it. <laughs> I refuse to participate in this conversation. Also, there is a bracketology that I put out today. <laughs> Where, are Where are we? Where are we? Give me a second. <laughs> I need to know what seed we're gonna be. So for what the, regional? So 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 Kansas is uh, is number one, mm-hmm. followed by Duke, followed by Villanova at three, Kentucky at four, and Auburn at five. Nevada is also in the top ten. They're at number ten. Wow. The Ahead 10. of us, I assume. No, we're at nine. Oh, okay. We're at nine. Uh, shoot, I can't find the rest of the list, but that, that's that's the gist of it. And if – like, I watched the McDonald's All-American game, and if – like, I'm not that – like, I'm going to probably eat my words come basketball season. But I'm not that impressed by Duke's recruiting class, like, of – Cameron Reddish and seeing them in the McDonald's, uh, they're Zion. I think Cameron Reddish is going to be very, very. He's probably going to be their best player, yeah. yeah. In my opinion, he still won clutch. <laughs> but just seeing, you know, Zion is going to get his inside the paint. The question is going to be whether can he shoot? Can he can shoot because he's not just going to be able to drive. Like he'll get his dunks. Like he's going to be on a highlight tape. But the question is, if he is he going to be able to be effectively shoot? Yeah, and I don't. I, I, he hasn't. I, to me, he hasn't proven that. So, well, also, I mean, we'll see. I think the biggest thing they're not they're going to be vastly undersized again, like normal, I guess. Well, and they don't have a true point guard either. I mean, I saw their point guard, their 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 point Trey guard Jones. coming. Yeah, I saw him, and it's you know, it's a lot of Trayvon Duval in there. <laughs> We're a two seed in the South in Columbia. <laughs> That's Columbia's a regional. Yeah. Oh wow. Bless y'all's heart. What? <laughs> Columbia is a regional. Oh, really? Fun. Okay. But yeah. NFL. 
Let's do it. What Ooh. are the Giants doing? They're being the Giants. They're 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 actually never mind. They're being the Browns. <laughs> Excuse me. We have two top ten picks, and we have a this good time, bridge quarterback and a, a good wide receiver for core. A while now, and what has that done for you? When have we ever had two top five picks? <laughs> you need that little extra push to try to get something started. Any, any well. So they hired Dave Gettleman. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure was the best move for them because when. The Panthers hired Gettleman. We were in cap hell. Mm-hmm. Like, it was bad. We had terrible contracts on the books that needed to be get, gotten rid of. And he got us through that and had some very good drafting gears mm-hmm. while he was here. He's that, out- kind of, he's that kind of no-nonsense, like, it's a business yeah. kind of GM. And then we kind of outgrew him, mm-hmm. which happens with GMs that you need for a cleanup job. And we let him go. I don't think the Giants were in that situation. I don't think they have terrible contracts on the books. I feel like they have good skill position talent around the field, mm-hmm. but he still wants to shop everybody. Yeah, namely Odell Beckham, which is probably the dumbest thing he could do. If the, if the Giants actually trade Odell Beckham Jr., it'll probably go down as one of the, the dumbest movements moves in sports history. It's gonna be right next to the great Bambino. Yeah, no, for real. Like Odell's gonna go win like five Super Bowls and it's gonna be the for opposite. Cleveland, <laughs> uh, except no, it's gonna be New York to Boston and then New York's <laughs> the Giants are gonna be cursed forever. But I honestly, I've been thinking, and Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns makes sense. Well, he'd be with his best friend Juice. Yeah, I mean, trading what the trading the fourth pick in next year's first rounder. I would do that in a heartbeat. And if he commits to a contract extension, you have Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Josh Gordon, <laughs> Sam Darnold, knock on wood. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you just got a quarterback. Well, but he's a bridge quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is not a franchise quarterback. Joe Thomas spe- might come out of retirement. Why did you get him? <laughs> he's a bridge quarterback. No. Yes, we got him so that we can redshirt Sam Darnold because we don't want to Deshaun Kaiser him again. We don't want to do to Darnold hopefully Darnold, or whoever we pick, what we did to Deshaun Kaiser and throw him into the fire and then say he sucks and give up on him. We want to have him sit behind a proven quarterback like Tyrod Taylor. What do you want us to do? Throw him into the fire? Have a decent quarterback. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor! (laughs) Rip headphone user. Yeah, no, we're sorry. (laughs) That's that's a bold comment, sir. He's a playoff quarterback. Barely. I think Tyrod Taylor is a And Marcus Mariota? I do think that Farther Tyra, than him. Tyrod Taylor is better than a bridge quarterback, though. I think he's a starter in the league for a while. He doesn't turn the ball over. He'll win you games, and he definitely won't lose you games. He does. He takes care of the ball. What else do you want from a quarterback, especially if you're in the Browns position? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, that he's fine for our purposes right now, but he's not like our he savior. like everything you say and then just... <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. I feel like you can but I'm just saying, do something else with the when first pick. When you gets- have the potential to get a quarterback who can be a top five quarterback in the league, you don't pass up that opportunity. And Tyrod Taylor is not a top five quarterback in the Sam league. Sam Darnold. <laughs> yes. But, but you're saying that he's all good and he can win you games, but now you don't want him. No, I never said I don't want him. I said that he's not our savior. 
I, I just I don't see it from any of the quarterbacks in this draft to yeah. be like the savior of any team. But honestly, go ahead and brown yourself. Go ahead and take <laughs> the quarterback because that I mean because that's worked out so well in the past. <laughs> How many quarterbacks have we taken number one overall? It doesn't matter. You still have first round quarterbacks just because it's not yeah, first. Twenty second pick is much different than the okay, first. Okay, so Ryan Leaf was what pick? Literally like, every team in the league has had some semblance of a starting quarterback since the expansion Browns came, <laughs> except for the Browns. Yeah, so we're overdue. <laughs> I'm just convinced that y'all just don't know how to evaluate anything at all. I don't disagree, but John Dorsey seems to have his stuff together. I mean, he's been good in the past. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll see. Um, anyway, the, that's who, all the draft talk I have. Who's the who do uh, who's the Browns running back right now? Uh, right now we have Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, both solid. Uh, when Hyde's healthy, well, I mean, when Hyde's healthy, and did you see Duke's stats last year? He was pretty good. Duke Johnson okay. was pretty good last year. I'll he was on my fantasy team. <laughs> He's pretty solid. I honestly think. But y'all could definitely pull it a better run. Like, I mean, I'm not saying you have to drive a, a He averaged 9.4 yards per reception, and he's our pass-catching back. So you have a scat back. Yeah, and we have Carlos Hyde, who's a solid power back. I feel like Carlos Hyde is going to get injured this year. I don't have any faith in his health. I I stopped dra- drafting him in fantasy leagues. Oh, I do Because he's a liability. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't know. We'll see. Who else? Let's see what other interesting things have happened in the draft so far. The Patriots uh, traded away Brandon Cooks today. Yes, for, yes. for a first round pick, I believe. For a first and fourth. Yeah, yeah. I think they have the twenty third, twenty seventh pick, twenty third. I think. I can't uh, they have two firsts and two seconds, uh, but I think Adam Schefter pointed out last in last year's draft they had a very similar situation, but traded six to seven of their picks. So they don't even. But know do you what do that now? Do. I mean, like Tom Brady's forty one. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is looking very likely to not be with the Patriots anymore. Uh, not Julian Edelman. Danny Amendola is gone. You like he doesn't have any like they're really low on skill positions. They need a line to protect Tom Brady because right now he's not getting any younger. And that uh, that offensive line was Swiss cheese last year. Uh, I mean, are you gonna who's their running back right now? Dion is it Dion Lewis? That's right now that that is there is their running back. I can't even remember who the running back is. Like for who? For the Patriots. Deion Lewis and uh it's a weird name. Rex Burkhead. 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 Rex Burkhead. So I mean I guess that's okay, but I mean, they have some holes to fill. I don't know if they'll trade those away. Of the sneaky fast variety. Yeah. <laughs> uh y'all want to do Wonderlick scores? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. I can go first. Yeah, go for it have any shame i also want to preface this by saying i had five questions left and looked up and had 30 seconds so I was yeah like, wow okay wait did y'all do the quick one or the full one I quick. Did quick i did quick. okay because i did both so should i share my quick score well i mean we all did quick so i mean we should just do that. okay uh i got a 22 that's still pretty good though oh i got a 40 <laughs> <laughs> 26 35. Yes, so I am the Lamar Jackson <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> That's That was stressful. It was really it's stressful. Really stressful. Yeah. Yeah, what was it, like six minutes to do? Six 25. minutes to do 25 questions. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's no way that you can possibly 
accurately answer every question. It's like you need to you need to go. Yeah. And that's part of the point of the test is that you're going at an uncomfortable speed. So my I'm gonna try to pick like the most notable people with their respective scores. Mine would be Brett Favre. So you know okay. best quarterback okay. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite got thirty Thirty five for him. Thirty five, what was yours? Twenty six. Twenty six. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Let's see. Jabril Peppers. Jay Cutler. Oh no. <laughs> the one when I said it, it said it compared mine to Carson Palmer. Also Carson Palmer, yeah. I'll I'll take him of all those. Thirty five, we're looking at Aaron so, Rodgers. Ooh, I saw Philip Rivers there too, up there. Yes, Luke Keekley got 34. Ooh. And at 40, Carson Wentz, Alex Smith. Yeah, I seem to be at the mean for a um, for a football player. You got the worst score. I saw that there was someone with like a 7 or a 3. The oh. worst score is Darren Davis. with a And Morris Claiborne. And That's Claiborne who I was thinking of. Frank Gore got a solid 6. Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin had a 7. <laughs> Chris Johnson got a 10. Yeah, there are some bad ones here. I am fine with my 22. And, like, I was way better at stuff that had to do with vocab and wordplay and, like, riddles. And when it came to math, like, it was just... The I was fill the, in the blank math, so I was like, nope. I was the exact opposite. Really? Like, I would fly through the math whenever I saw something with words. I was like... Yeah, I'm the not. word the word ones were hardest for me. The hardest was when it gave you the word shuffled up and you had to get the word out of it. Oh yeah, oh, I like that. That was hard. That was fun. It was fun, but it you was pick hard. Pick a direction and go. What? <laughs> what do you mean you pick a direction? Because they were all like the word was in order, right? No, it was in a line. Oh, I have shuffled one up. That was like in a circle. Oh yeah, mine was oh that's line. easy. Mine yeah. was in a line. That's why yeah. like you just mine pick was a direction. In a line, and it was it was like it was like you're doing the jumble. Yeah. But yes, the wonder look is ridiculous. Take your wonder look scores, scores and, and, and tell us. We good should take scores, the full one. Good yes, we should take I, the full I took one. the full one and I got a 39. So I'm pretty consistent. <laughs> consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, you should be consistent with the on the full one with your yeah. quick I don't believe score. in standardized testing. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what does this really... Do a good score has no correlation with a good quarterback, but a bad score has correlation with a bad quarterback. Yeah, it it helps the teams draft you in Madden. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all see that RG three signed with the Ravens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have nothing to say about that because I don't think it's relevant. But whatever, I just saw that it happened and I was like, oh hey, Colin Kaepernick's still not in the league. <laughs> so let's talk about these twenty most dominant athletes of all time. So ESPN put out an article that tweeted out from the podcast Twitter. I mean, somebody tweeted out from the podcast Twitter. <laughs> Who? Leave that out. Uh, <laughs> You're going to have to remind me. Okay. Um, did you write down the measure? 14. 14, 14 around there. Um, yeah. It's going to be our dumbest running joke. <laughs> the ESPN tweet. ESPN made an article of the 20 most dominant athletes of the past 20 years. Um, I guess I can just start from 20 and work my way down. I don't think that's a fair way to read this. Yes? Yeah, uh, sorry, I was waiting for confirmation. No, okay. Uh, Tom Brady, Manny Pacquiao, Mike Trout, Barry Bonds, Allison Felix, 
uh, Djokovic at 15, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lauren Jackson, Serena Williams at 12, uh, Lionel Messi, Usain Bolt at 10, Marta Floyd Mayweather, Michael Schumacher, Formula One, uh, Anika Sorenstam, um, LPGA. In our top five, we have Roger Federer, Jimmy Johnson, Peyton Manning at three, LeBron James at two, and Tiger Woods at one. So they used different metrics to choose this. It wasn't just like somebody's opinion. They used like VORP for the NBA, um, WAR for baseball, various metrics to show. Yeah. Whatever. So, initial thoughts? I think Tom Brady is too low at I 20. Think, I, I hate to say it. He is too low. I think Peyton Manning is too high. At yeah. I was about yeah, to say, I if Peyton Manning that. is three, you can't, have, you can't have Tom Brady at 20. Like, how many AFC Championship games has Tom Brady been to? Like, I don't want to say it's at least teens in his career. Oh, I don't know. But too many. Too like, many. <laughs> too and, many. And isn't it true, like, he's been to 10% of all Super Bowl games? That sounds in, right. In appearances. And so, like that, even though he hasn't won every single one, I think that is too indicative of dominance, I mean, even more than Peyton was. He's at five right now, right? Yeah. Peyton Manning's at two. And what is he? He's five and three, I guess. He's, yeah, because he has two against the Giants and then one against the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah. It's five and three. Um, I think Tiger at one is. That's fine. I think that, Tiger and LeBron at one and two. The first. Are on the nose. 11, those first 11 years from, I think it's from 98 to, uh, I can't do math, 2009. He said, that's where my um, Wonderlook score comes from. Um, no. <laughs> he, he was so dominant. They changed the courses at the Masters so he wouldn't win anymore. No. That's ridiculous. And I'm assuming, is this on like the, because it is different in that there are some individual sports and that there's team sports. Right. So, like, what is the, I guess, the parameters? Like, the team or, like, success So or championships or? For, like, for basketball, they use value over replacement player. Um, for baseball, they use wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. For individual sports, they use things like um, career earnings within a period or stuff like that that would fit. I just think, because I think I naturally want to put some more basketball players. I think Kobe should be on this list. Is he not? No. He is not. He is not. But I think like Peyton, like you can take all the the stats, like the records and stats that Peyton Manning holds, and you can use that, I guess. For like, but I still don't think he should be at three. No. And I think Serena at twelve is ridiculous. Well, ridiculously low. That goes back to like career earnings. Yeah. I think the women make less than the men in yeah. tennis, so that's where that would come from. Jimmy Johnson at four. I don't know a lot about NASCAR, but I know that Jimmy Johnson is good. Is yes, one of the goats, if not the goat. Same thing about Michael Schumacher at seven. Right. I don't know a thing about Formula One, but you know him. <laughs> I know he's good. Yeah. I also don't know anything about the oh, what's the one? What is this woman's name? I'm sorry, the, the Brazilian sorry, Marta. 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 Brazilian. Yeah, so she's I don't know good. about her. She's good. I think that you well, can make that argument. Well, if she's top ten, I mean, I just don't know enough about her to be like, ah, this is criminally under slash overrated. I think, <laughs> I think Serena's a little. Uh, she needs to be higher. I think you could make the argument that Floyd Mayweather could be top five. Yeah, yeah. going 50, 51 or fifty. Fifty, you know, he has 
the argument of being the best pound for pound boxer ever. Now, if he steps in an octagon, he gonna plumb like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna plummet down a few spots because <laughs> right. he's gonna get whooped. two hits. He's he hits him. Whooped. He hits the ground. Yeah, because when you can add feet into it, <laughs> it it's, it's no contest. I thought Allison Phoenix Felix at sixteen was interesting, just because I don't. She's not an athlete that I think about very often when I think about dominant athletes. But then, like seeing her on this list, I'm like, yeah. All those Olympics, like, she was there every time, winning every time. So, I'm fine with her being there. One interesting thing I saw was uh, Messi over Ronaldo. Because when I think of, I'm going to, I don't care about soccer. Like, I I don't watch soccer. I don't really care about soccer. But when I see anything about soccer or when I think of international soccer, like, I think of Ronaldo and not Messi. Well, Ronaldo does have a bigger brand. Right, but I'm saying, but, like, when you when I like, I guess it's more. I guess it is the brand, really. Just like all the coverage yeah. and yeah. the infatuation is always around Ronaldo. And it's like, Messi is, I think, considered to be the best soccer player in the world. He has a, or think, the best active player, and it's because he's older. He has more accolades than Ronaldo currently does. Yeah, but Ronaldo is catching up. But it's the thing where it's the rivalry between Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah, Madrid. Mm-hmm. So being a rivalry, I feel like that takes away the premise of being dominant because you can't be dominant in a rivalry. Yeah. Ronaldo is actually older than Messi. Messi's 30, Ronaldo's 33. Really? I did not know that. Wow. I didn't even know that. I was about to say, I was like, I I feel like they're around the same age. Oh, God. They're in their 30s? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's because they started so young. Yeah. Unbelievably young. Ronaldo started playing professionally at... Age 18, he signed with Man U. Messi. I got to pull up Wikipedia. No, not that. Um, Here. Messi signed uh, his competitive debut age 17 in October 2004. Yes. Um, I think it's an interesting article. Check it out. Um, click in the intro to the article. They have how they broke down what they defined as dominant for um, each sport. So check that out. It's really interesting. Read it. It's cool. Yes. Do the thing. Uh, it is now baseball season. Woo. <sighs> God dang it. The dark days are not here yet. We still have basketball. We still have NBA basketball. Yeah. The dark days are over now that baseball is here. I don't know what you're talking about. That that off season, that off season of uh, the end of the NBA playoffs and the start of the NFL and with season. the start of the NFL season is the worst period of time in my entire life because there's nothing. Uh, there's baseball. There's I I repeat, there's nothing. There's Big Brother. <laughs> anyway, Westworld. It's also my most productive season because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, there's nothing to watch. It's time for the return. Of Aaron's baseball corner. Woo. Da, 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 da. Are you ready? Bum, bum, uh, how long bum, do I have? Oh. Uh, it's, the, it's the beginning. So it's beginning of the season. So I'll give you two minutes. Okay. Ready? Go. All right. So beginning of the season. What do we want? Predictions? Uh, look back on the off season. Both. All right. So. Excuse you. So biggest things in the off season. Giancarlo Stanton traded to the Yankees. The whiffer. 
Yankees being Yankees. I hate the Yankees. At Adam. What? Didn't he strike out five times? Maybe. What yeah, you mean yesterday maybe? he struck out five times and got booed. Oh, he got the platinum sombrero. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was one of our trivia questions. Well, he, okay. he doesn't do trivia. He doesn't know. All right. Yeah. No, one of our trivia questions on the pod. You're wasting my time. Anyways, <laughs> the other big move was Shohei Otani signing with the Angels. He's the next big Japanese superstar, allegedly. I don't think he's that good. Uh, he is a pitcher and a DH. He's a two-way player, and I think that's going to work to his disadvantage because he's not willing to commit to one or the other, so he's not going to be great at either. My predictions for the season. I think that... The Indians are going to win it all, obviously. I think that we we did lose some key hitters. We lost Carlos Santana and we lost Jay Bruce, but we got Yonder Alonso. Was he recording a new album or something? Why did he leave? We got Yonder. Wait, who? Oh, Carlos Santana. Ha, ha, ha. You're wasting my time. I have limited time. I'm down to 25, no, 35 more seconds. In talking about it, it makes you have Well, because you guys keep interjecting anyways. The Indians signed Yonder Alonso. And he's been good. He hit a grand slam already. Uh, Jose Ramirez is going to be incredible again, as is, uh, as is, sorry, I lost my train of thought, as is Francisco Lindor. And we have a solid pitching rotation again. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. Josh Tomlin had a bad game last night, but he's inconsistent. And with a five starter, he he's good for what you get. He gives up a lot of home runs, but he doesn't walk a lot of guys, and he lasts long in games because he averages like three point three pitches per at bat. Didn't you lose your pitching coach, Mickey Callaway? Yes, he to, to is the Mets because of the Mets. He's the Austin's Mets' new head coach. But I don't think that's the end of the world. We still have the best manager in baseball, Tito Francona. Go Astros! You said you didn't have a favorite <laughs> team like an hour ago. All right, I'm over time. Yes. Welcome back to your regularly scheduled program. For the um, five times that you press skip <laughs> on the podcast app. Um, so I have a movie that I saw, and it is called Ready Player One, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. It is based on a book by oh why am i blanking on my dude's name uh he um i thought it was called nerdy references the movie <laughs> okay so that we can start off there is a book written by ernest klein who also wrote the screenplay for the movie it was not as the references were not as annoying as i thought they were going to be but i will say that Without the references, I would not have enjoyed the movie as much. It The movie spent sends some interesting messages, I feel. Okay, I liked it. I really did like it. I feel like I'm going to spend the rest of this time bashing the movie, but I liked it. I'm fine spending the money that I spent on it. But it sends interesting messages about gatekeeping which is very awkward especially coming off of like the gamergate scandal i don't know quite know what you're referencing either. okay so gamergate was this thing like a year year and a half ago where a bunch of women game reviewers were being bombarded by male video game players like on Twitter about how they weren't real gamers. Oh, you know what? I think I've, I've, I'm a piece of crap for not remembering this because I do now, I I do remember this now. Yes. So I think in the post Gamergate world, 
this movie's not very self-aware. Got it. But if you look if you look at the movie on face value, it's very entertaining. It's very fun. Any amount of digging kind of tears the movie apart. But it was fun. I had a good time. I think I would give it a B on like a letter grade scale. Oh, now we're moving the letter grade at the Well, I, I'll give it like an 83. So like Give it a 4 out of 5 on the letter grade scale. <laughs> I'll give it like an 83. So like if you have like a really strict professor, it might be a B minus. Okay. But like a a good a nice fair. professor will give you That's give fair. it a B cuz it was fun. It was entertaining and I did not go bored. What was that? That was my keys. Also, I watched it in a D-Box seat. Have you heard about D-Box? Yes, I have. What's that? So, do y'all remember at Carowinds? Big family joke. Do y'all remember at Carowinds, like, the SpongeBob ride? Yeah. I've never been to Carowinds. Oh. So, like, you sit in the chair and, like, the chair moves yeah, as it the moves thing goes? I have not been to Carowinds. So yeah. So, it is the the chair moves with the movie. So, like, you're, it, there was, like, a racing scene. So, like, the car moves this way on screen, and then the chair moves that way, and oh, the car fun. moves the other way, and the uh, Where did you see this? Way. At home in Greensboro. Really? Um, just like a regular theater. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. It was wow. an interesting experience. Does it add anything really? Like, So like I was playing with the settings while the movie was going on. Just to see like, because there are three settings, like super high, medium, then low, then off. Mm-hmm. So I kept it on medium for most of the movie, and it was you know, it was moving a little bit. I turned it on high for one fight scene, and I was like, never doing that again. Um, and then I kept it on low, I think, for the rest of the movie, because it does move a good bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the lowest amount of movement is enough to get like the feel of all of that. Um, and then when I turned it off, I felt like I was missing something. Oh, okay. So like, if you were to do D-Box... Play with the settings a little bit. I feel like the lowest setting is enough to get like the full experience. But interesting. Please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. I actually didn't know D-Box still existed. Uh, my One of the movie theaters near my cousins who live in Florida, near their house, had D-Box like seven years ago. And we always joked about seeing a movie in it, but the tickets cost like $30 for it. It did not cost $30. At it was like... That movie theater, it did... 17 uh, it, it was like significantly more expensive than a regular ticket for sure and we always joked about seeing a movie in d-box but there was never anything good in d-box i figured this would be and a then good it one just was gone <laughs> so we thought that it went bankrupt or something yeah still around are there were there any non-spoilery uh references that you can talk about that uh tracer from overwatch <laughs> uh i think it's in a trailer there's a gundam gundam yeah um, i saw voltron in there too Oh, I missed Voltron. Yeah. I, I saw it in the trailer, I think. I did not. Um, well, I didn't watch any. Tra- this was a movie that was like. I was I think it was Voltron. I definitely don't. I did see Gundam. Um, I know the bike from. I don't know if any of y'all have seen Akita. Uh, it's a it's a movie. I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. It's an anime movie. And the the motorcycle that the chick rides is oh, from okay. Akita. Yeah. Uh, the DeLorean from Back right. to the Future. Yeah. Um, let's see. Iron Giant, of course. Oh, my God. They just put that on Netflix, and I was I contemplated watching. I was like, "Do I really feel like getting emotionally destroyed today?" Like, <laughs> um, yeah. I wish nice. I could get. I really have to get into spoilers to talk about the other ones. Oh, to talk about like my real problems with the movie. But oh, okay. It was good. Go see. It. I think it's worth. I think it's worth money to watch. From the one preview that I've seen over and over, I don't really like the message that it's giving off. That 
the what's it called the the oasis. oasis the oasis is that important that your fake life your club penguin <laughs> is that important well i feel like it's a kind of a is it like a social commentary on how life is right now like if, if it is a social commentary uh can you say if it's a social commentary? okay so like they but like if it, it is it's if a, it is that a social commentary that people are too invested in things like that, then I would agree with that. The way I inter- the way I understand it is that that people have their own avatars that they they use when they go into the oasis, right? And so that's their virtual selves, and as their virtual selves, they come off as the people they want to be, and when in real life, they are actually far more like awkward or more closer. Like it's not it's it's their way of like. Projecting who they actually want to. So be Spy Kids of. 3D. <laughs> <laughs> the man. The beta testers. So, the guy. Or the, the guy, guy. Whatever. Yeah. The and guy. the beta testers. <laughs> they underrated movie. <laughs> they touch on it a little, but they never really confront it. That's which is which is one of my problems. So I movie. think if it's at face value, I have a problem with it being like that. The Oasis is the end all be all. If it's as a social commentary, then I can appreciate it more. Like, they very much take this movie very seriously as they do it, which makes some of the things that they do kind of silly. Um, Interesting. But again, I liked it. I I really had a good time. It was better than I thought it was going to be. So So B? B minus B? B, B minus, depending on your professor. Not a check plus. (laughs) Yeah, check for sure. Um, probably gonna see Isle of Dogs on Friday. I've right. heard Blockers is really good. Surprising with John Cena and oh, uh, you oh mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the chicken blockers. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think Isle of Dogs is my next one. Wes Anderson, I gotta see these ballads. You wanna see Alpha, these the other shots. man and dog movie? Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, A Quiet Place. I want to see that. I heard is phenomenal. I like actually phenomenal. I don't do scary. It's, I heard it's a thriller, not a horror movie. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Not go. even for Jim? Do you, know, do you remember how long it took me to see Get Out? <laughs> <laughs> do it for Jim Halpert, okay? Yeah. Jim Halpert's living in the woods. No, but I heard, apparently it's at a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right really? now. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't Cur- realize it, that it came out. Currently, it's uh, not out in, officially. I think it was out for critics. I think it uh, comes the 6th or something, or the 8th. It's coming out soon. But it, right I now, think it is 6th because usually they're on Friday. It has a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes with... Eight point one oh, um, out of ten. I want to watch that on IMDb. Yeah, or on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Which sixty-five fresh reviews, one rotten, or sixty-four fresh reviews, one rotten. That's pretty solid. It is very solid. Very solid. Uh, oh, by the way, Rotten Tomato, uh, Ready Player One has a seventy-six with seven out of ten on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Just because I'm me. What's the Last Jedi at now? After everything's kind of settled. Oh, their audience score is probably still terrible mm-hmm. because people were dating, but... Yeah. Bots. Uh, and just people making multiple accounts and, and just bombarding it with... Yeah. Give me... Do y'all want to talk about the NBA briefly? Like, we don't have to talk about it for that long. I was going to talk about it in the questions. Oh, that's fine. Okay. The questions from the listeners. Liddy. Ninety-one percent from critics, um, forty-seven from audiences. It so changed. it hasn't changed much, yeah. No. Um, I was just curious. Uh, a Twitter account that does a lot of Star Wars news that I followed did a poll that had 
five to ten thousand like respondents. It was the which film did you like better between seven Rogue One and eight and eight one with like sixty percent of the vote. That's interesting. I like the Last Jedi more than the Force Awakens, and I love the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting giving all the hate. That it's gone. Toward it. That it's, well, I think I think that's just because you hear like the voices that are the loudest. You only hear the name. you hear the loud voices of of, yeah. uh, of the people that are, are that are very against it. Very very true. People very that liked it are like yeah, and people that hate it were like ah. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get into questions. Was that a good analogy? Yes, that was really good. <laughs> From Waking Kate Greenheart at Sad Boy Hours, we had finally know name. how to pronounce it. How how y'all feel about fancy water like life water or La Croix, La Croix. <laughs> or Fiji? I have very strong opinions about La Croix. La Croix. Drink your dang water and move on. I've had Fiji once and I was like, this is water. And I just, <laughs> don't spend the money on the expensive <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's just as good as the I cheap this, stuff. It's, it's water. La Croix. They like to tell people <laughs> that it's flavored. You're using your hands. You're like very <laughs> there, adamant about this. There is no flavor in La Croix. It is scented, not flavored. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like I, I call zero flavor. To be fair, I call scented things flavored things. Like I say, what flavor is that Yankee candle, or, or what flavor is your Purell? What? <laughs> what flavor? Yeah. Instead of what scent? Yeah. What flavor is more fun? But flavor implies that you eat it. Eat it. Well, I mean, it would have a taste. I wouldn't eat it, but... <laughs> but it's not for the purpose of eating. <laughs> but I'm officially beefing with LaCroix. LaCroix. Don't sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, you will not. Come after me. At me. Sponsor our rival podcast. Do we have a rival podcast? Do we have a rival podcast? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. Do. Somebody started beef with us. Sports Extra. <laughs> <laughs> calling you We're out. calling you out. We're calling you out. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, from Annie Rindel at Annie underscore Rindel to the seniors. Who are y'all looking forward to the most after graduation? Thanks, Annie. <laughs> I'm looking forward to not taking tests anymore <laughs> or writing papers. I'm looking forward to the, being the one that makes the tests <laughs> so I don't have to take them anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not homework. No more homework. Like you still have a work day, probably like you'd have a school, but. It's this thing. It's a different thing where, like, when you get home, you're not necessarily going to have to work on something. Yeah, you go home and you just turn on Netflix. Yeah. Like, or, what's that like? What is that? Or 2K or whatever you like to play, Assassin's Creed, like me. Hmm. Oh, it just sounds so good just thinking about it. Yeah. I need a job, though. Same. I need a job before I can feel comfortable about anything right now. Be true. Be true. We'll, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, next question from Brian Holzhauser at Brian JH57. Can you talk about the NBA playoffs? I don't know why you capitalize all that. <laughs> uh, start next week. And the last two, how talk about the fact that NBA players start next week and last for two months or just your predictions on who will win the East and West in a championship. Mavs and six against. The the TV uh, they're watching the playoffs. <laughs> well, they turn off. They turn off two K and go to bed. Yeah, exactly. No, I think we got eliminated like weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but if but if Aaron can spew about the Browns and the Indians, I can spew about the Mavs once. Yeah, spew about the Indians. The Indians are good. Can I'm, you stop saying spew, please. 
What's your preferred word? La Croix. <laughs> <laughs> um, all La Croix. About the Indians and the Browns and the Cavs. All you should, I want. You should do an edit where instead of La Croix, it's like La, and then you put the quack sound. Yeah. La Quack. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really good. That's amazing. Don't let me forget that. Did y'all do the... This is connected, I promise. The Around the Horn internship application? I did no. not. I forgot. So... I the one of the questions was buy or sell the Warriors as favorites to win the title. Ooh, you want us to go ahead and answer that? Sure. Sell. Buy. Hard buy. It. De- I mean, to me, it, just, it all depends on will they get healthy. Because if they're healthy, buy. If they're not, even if one of them's out, I could see selling it. If right now, though, would you say buy or sell? Sell because the Rockets are, I think, the best team in the West right now. I also would sell. Hard buy. Why is it a hard buy? Because Steph will be back by the time the playoffs start. KD, and he's back now, right? Yeah, KD's back. He dropped like 34 yesterday or something. There we go. And then um, I something about, you know, the third round of the playoffs that Chris Paul hates. So <laughs> I just... So this is, a, <laughs> this is a Chris Paul thing. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard for me to not have a team that has two former MVPs, a three-point-making, non-dribbling robot um, at shooting guard, a perennial defensive player of the year candidate at the four, not seeing them coming out of the West. I don't think it will be easy, but I think, you know, Warriors and five. <laughs> I don't, the, the Rockets... Did beat them in the regular season. The regular season doesn't matter. They're over here throwing parties and canceling practices because <laughs> Steph's 30th birthday party. And they were all hungover. Also, it's un, it's sort of unrelated. I'm happy to see that Patrick McCall got is okay. Is yeah. okay. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, after good. the horrible fall he took. That's good to hear. But um, uh, yeah, I think the Rockets are going to give the Warriors. A, a handful, and who knows? Like, if Steph isn't back in the first round, they could catch some heat from somebody. Is April fourth right now? At me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, I think the East is one of those two teams. I think the Jazz also can make a little bit of noise in the playoffs because they're right now. Right now, they're the four seed in the West. In the East, the Raptors are useless. <laughs> I'm so tired. Cavs of them. are going to win the East. <laughs> the Raptors are so useless. <laughs> Somebody po- uh, posed this question. I can't remember. Uh, it might have been first take, but it was, uh, what is more damaging to LeBron James, losing before the Eastern Conference Finals or losing to Kyrie in the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals? Like losing to anybody else or losing to Kyrie in the Eastern Conference losing Finals? Losing to anybody else. Is more damaging? I think so. You think so? Yeah. I think it's the opposite. I think if he loses to Kyrie, you take a hit a little bit because you just lost to the, the person. person you didn't want to win with. I think it's the other way around, though. I think yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie didn't, didn't want to win, win with, with LeBron. With LeBron, LeBron had no problem with Kyrie. But still, then you can make the argument like, oh, you just won the finals because of Kyrie. It's not because of you. Yep. That may, Whether that's true or not, now that opens up the door to that conversation. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. I think LeBron's too good. But if it does, it's an interesting question. I like the Bucks in the East. I don't know why. 
I don't. I'm not going. I'm not saying they're going to win. I think they're too inconsistent. I forgot about the Bucks, honestly. <laughs> like they were great the first half of the year. Don't you dare do Giannis like that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, no, they were really they were fantastic the first half of the year, and then I honestly stopped hearing about them. Um, I don't know. I I know the Raptors are going to choke. I've just it's I hate, already. I hate the Raptors so much. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're useless. Just, they they're are terrible. Useless. They're, they win. Though they can have like the super one seed, whatever that is, in the <laughs> in the playoffs, and then like lose to who? The, they're going to lose to the Heat in the, <laughs> in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it'll end up being uh, Cavs Rockets. Oh God! In the, the microphone's uh, falling. <laughs> it'll end up being Cavs Rockets in the uh, NBA Finals, and I think. I think the Rockets take it from the Cavs. Disagree. I know you disagree. <laughs> I knew that when I said it. One more question? Or is it time to go? Let's see. Hold on. We're at one eleven by my clock, but my clock is wrong. We got another question. Let's answer. Uh, from Carla at Carla underscore B22. What UNC sport team are you most looking forward to next year with the talk of new talent and healthy returners? Do you want to say it and then go around and explain? Sure. Football. Faki. Wait, say that again? I wasn't listening. Uh, what sport team are you most looking forward to next year? UNC. Football. Uh, all of them. You're the least interesting person <laughs> to talk to, Aaron. I like all the sports. I and don't you like said this. you would be on a uh, deserted island with this man. <laughs> no, he was the favorite. I, I am still shook about that. I am going with the possibilities of football. Since we're in the same, we're in the same vein. I think if you have a healthy squad, plus all of the talent that's coming in, I think we have a chance to 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 make at least a little bit. It'll be a lot. Like after this past season, like anything we do next season is probably going to look good. Um, I think the quarterback race will be interesting. I think that has a lot of intrigue and and, and drama to it. Mm-hmm. Um, our running back situation because Michael Carter and Jordan Brown are both fantastic. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets more snaps. Earlier reports are saying that Michael's gotten a whole lot even faster and stronger in these off season workouts. Um. It'll be interesting to see our D-line and our linebacking core because there are some new guys on there. Um, you know, Andre Smith is gone. Um, what's happening with our cornerback uh, group because uh, uh, MJ, Stewart. MJ Stewart is gone. Uh, it's good. I, I it's, it's, them it's, there's a lot of opportunity. It's a lot of opportunity. It's really interesting to see how they will bounce back from an unprecedented year of injuries and i we, just hope we get a bowl trip and you get you got jordan uh jordan adams coming if he in. doesn't go pro in baseball right uh which the, they're saying is a legitimate possibility right yeah because he's good enough because he's, he's an all-american ba- uh, baseball player correct like he's a very yeah. good baseball player and if he gets drafted in the first round he could get uh, a 300 400 signing bonus right and it's i can't fault anybody for passing that up so you know if that happens good luck to him but if he does end up playing football for us um then he's a dynamic athlete and receiver that could make a name for himself very quickly field hockey uh just being a two-time member of hockey band i've just grown a fondness of the team 
They're one of the underrated programs, I think, at this school. They're fantastic. With five national championships. And they have basically the Dean Smith of the sport and Coach Karen Shelton, who's just an amazing coach, an amazing person to talk to. Uh, we, we're only losing one senior this year in Gab Major. Gab. Uh, so they're returning a lot of veterans uh, next season. Uh, now, they did have the instance with the one recruit. Uh, not going to get much into that, but they still have – I mean, they're one of the dominant teams, so they're going to have people coming in and constantly providing, I guess. So I'm just – I'm excited to see how well they're going to do. Skipping Garen because that was a terrible answer. <laughs> all right. So, I like all the sports. Oh, my goodness. I apologize. We all like all the sports, but you <laughs> the point of the question is you had to pick one. All of them. I wish I had oh a penalty God. box to send you to. Anyway. <laughs> Do it. Send me off to the penalty box. Produce this yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we lost in trivia to the trumpets. Um, hard fought battle. Fell in the end. I was home. So just ch- chalk it up. I that. was not in attendance. I was there. It was fun. We, um, Kate came back. Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah, with the candy in her bag. She had more? Uh, she didn't have candy this time. She Aww. just had um, mints. Still good. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. Uh, anything else notable from our lives? I was DC. DC was fantastic. Great weather. Um, ended up getting to see a lot. We couldn't get into the um, Museum of um, African American Culture, um, the, the Smithsonian, because it was so it was packed. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't find any tickets, but we did get to go to see the Holocaust Museum, uh, Natural History Museum. Uh, National Gallery of Art and the National Portrait Gallery, and we got to take a picture with uh, the new Obama painting um, that was just put up, which is fan. Like out of all the paintings in there, like that is the coldest one in the entire <laughs> the entire gallery. It is fantastic. That's awesome. Um, and then just walked around. We were there during the uh, the American like I, I can't remember what the full name is, but like the American kite flying festival. Interesting on the National Mall, and so it was just funny seeing like tens of thousands of kites just kind of floating around near the the Washington Monument. So it was really funny. And I had some really good ice cream. So, yeah, it was a great trip. Nice. Anything from y'all? The DC Metro is so clean. Like <laughs> after being in New York and seeing the subway system there and then going to the DC Metro, it's like, "What? Oh my god." <laughs> like, so this is what it's supposed to look like. Uh, we have merch. Buy our stickers. Do it. Do it. All right. Well, if that's it, then if you want to find us, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermadevarsity. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Five stars, please. And leave us a review. That would be awesome. Um, anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at nevermadepod. Thank you, Jake, for the theme music. And we'll see you. I don't know. Hasta luego. Sunday? 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 Sure. Sunday. Sunday. There's so much pollen outside, y'all. <laughs>